Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in to another episode of the On Blast podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good, my dude? Man, uh, as if the world couldn't get kind of crazier. But, uh, man, we got NBA basketball around the corner. Like, let's just keep telling ourselves that. We have sports around the corner. We have a date. We've got a plan. Uh, so just keep your eyes on the prize. So yeah, you're correct, man. The NBA is back and obviously we will get to that as that is, you know, what we, what you've come to enjoy about tuning into this platform that is the On Blast podcast. We talk about the NBA, we talk about pop culture, we talk about a lot of things, but if I'm going to be really honest, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this platform was because I really wanted to have the ability to talk about kind of any and anything any and everything that matters to us, you know, as a culture, as a people, as Torontonians, as, you know, me and my friends, like that was kind of the real vibe of why I wanted to start this was when something's important or something's going on to me and my friends, I wanted to have a platform where we could talk about that. And obviously, I mean, there's something going on in North America right now that is, you know, all over the U.S. headlines and the Canadian headlines, worldwide headlines, when you really take a look at how far yeah. the protests have stretched out. But, you know, as we record this on Thursday night, uh, today was the day that George Floyd's funeral took place. And so I couldn't really I kind of find it weird. didn't want to come on here and just, you know, spew about basketball or something that seems so uh, insignificant kind of for the past week, you know, like even as, as I kind of watched the TNT, they had their inside the NBA and they had Adam Silver on and you could tell that he was really struggling, you know, like he talked about how they had their meeting with uh, a bunch of the board of governors and most of that conversation, even though they were passing everything about, hey, the NBA's back, he said most of their conversations were about the protests and what's going on across the United States right now. And I think we kind of got to start there, you know, Webby. And and as I do this pod with you, I'm going to ask you just, you know, as someone who obviously has very close ties to the U.S., you spent a lot of time there growing up there as a kid and still ties and friends and family there now, kind of what was your, what's your reaction to kind of just what's been going on in the U.S. and how it affects even us now over here across the border? Well, it's tragic. And any time something like uh, George Floyd or Tamir Rice or uh, Trayvon Martin happens, it's tragic. And mm-hmm. being the age that we are, Sheldon, which is, you know, mid-30s, uh, mm-hmm. it seems like I've been growing up with these terrible images on TV uh, since I was a little kid. I mean, the yeah. the Rodney King uh, verdict and the riots after that was 92 and that was the first year I was living in the States and it yeah. just seems that for people of our generation now uh, this is getting to be a regular occurrence and I think that's what's behind the anger that you're finally seeing now over the last week or so and just yeah. to see everybody I, I the involvement of young people is mm-hmm. I, as so cliche as it sounds is really uh, a good thing to see because I think really the only way that w- that the situation is going to get better is by younger people taking over the power structure that has been before us because the power structure that's mm-hmm. been before us is 
pretty messed up and obviously does not take into consideration everybody's life. Right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you hope that now, you know, as a, the most informed generation that's been, you know, we're more informed than anybody else who has come before us, that we can take that knowledge and in the near future, hopefully very, very near future, see some real significant changes um, that need to happen. No, I, I totally agree with you, man. And it's been a tough week and, and, you know, it's been a kind of roller coaster ride of emotions, I think, for everyone. And obviously, you know, for a lot of different African-Americans, African-Canadians, black people. Right. And like it's it's tough because even as I sit here talking with you, uh, you know, it's a thing where. I've kind of had a lot of real conversations with a bunch of my different bunch of my friends, you know, of all races and all backgrounds. And, you know, it's just been a a real time to kind of reflect and think deep down in terms of what this moment really means. And there's been a lot of things that have been going on. And I think the place to start for me was to just acknowledge the fact of why we're all here having this moment where this has become the dialogue for literally everyone. Right. And it's because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So these videos have been happening for a long time. Right. Like we've been seeing as the advent of cell phones and camera phones, we've been now in this world where these things seemingly happen so often. And this one is so different because we're in the middle of a pandemic where everyone was sitting at home. And everyone had to watch it because there's no sports, there's no, you know, whatever to distract you. You're not going to work every day or most people aren't going to work every day. So you were forced to actually take in what happened. And I think that's what made this one seem more real. And I I hate saying more real because we're talking about losses of life. So they're all real, but you could tell everyone was more impacted. Like I'm telling you as a black person, Webby, I've never had so many of my friends and so many of my white friends reach out just to be like, Hey man, like how you doing? Like, are, are you okay? I just wanted to check in on you and see how you're doing. And to me, this is something I wanted to talk about on this pod publicly because I kind of wanted to say, you know, We got to use that moment and really use these conversations that we're having with each other and take them seriously, right? Because we're at a place where social media has distorted our minds, right? Reality TV isn't real, right? Social media isn't actual media. The news isn't really the news. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's all these like mixed messages going around. And so we forget in a time when we don't really connect with people that this is the emphasis that we really do need to connect with one another and have these real conversations, these tough conversations, these difficult conversations, because that's really the only way that if we think we're going to deal with systematic racism, it's going to be because of these conversations that we're having with each other. And it almost works like a snowball, right? Like, or a pyramid scheme, for lack of a better term, where I talk to my five friends, they talk to their five friends, and we're having real, actual conversations. When someone calls me and says, how am I doing? I'm honest with them, man. I'm honest with them, Webby, and I told them, look, how many times or how how did it feel to watch TV over the past week and you're seeing grown ass men and i don't mean this in the cliche macho bravado way but i'm Mm -hmm. saying grown ass black men on tv crying 
Like people who are paid to talk on camera and you're seeing these people broken on camera crying. So if you're seeing that when they're on camera, what do you think's happening behind the scenes? When the lights aren't on, when they're by themselves, when they're thinking about talking to their kids. When like they that's are how real kids, yeah. You know, and like that's how real this moment is. And I think that's where the conversations are so important to us as people, regardless of your color, to be having that conversation because that's what it has to be about. Not all the bullshit that's happening lately where we're losing track of what the actual issue is, right? When we start talking about looting or we start talking about, oh, Drew Brees is talking about the anthem again, the anthem protest and disrespecting the flag. Like all of these things are distractions. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, no. And taking us away from the actual issue. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when you brought up the media and social media and all these different narratives that tend to split off from the actual uh, matter at hand, the important thing Mm -hmm. that's right in front of us, it's really hard for anybody, uh, but especially for non-minorities like myself, to keep mm-hmm. their eye on the prize of what is important in what's going on with this. Like, yeah, it's, you know, Drew Brees coming out with the anthem thing. What was that yesterday or the day before? And then that yeah. becoming in the news cycle. And it, mm-hmm. you, it's, it sucks because you're like, well, now the focus is getting taken away almost from what really matters with the changes that need to come in the, you know, reversing systemic racism and getting real mm-hmm. police reform. Like this is what we need to focus all of our energy in. Nobody should really give a damn what, what Drew Brees thinks. It's so <laughs> out in the ether when there's so much to do that's right in front of your face in your own community where real mm-hmm. change takes place. Right. And it's also too like, I thought we did this already. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes, we know Kaepernick had the protests and everyone, you know, lost their minds about kneeling and, you know, disrespecting the anthem and the flag. And I thought we had this whole debate for like four years after he got blackballed about, you know, this wasn't about disrespecting the anthem. We know that already. So this shouldn't even be an argument. This shouldn't even be a hot take or a discussion. If someone does say that, that's their opinion. Cool. But you know what? You stay on that side. We don't need to be over here just, you know, debating that. Just like, you know, what's, and when we come back to the main point, we got to remember, you know, when you see that video, right? Mm-hmm. And this man is literally killed while he's screaming for his mother, okay? And screaming that he can't breathe. When you're watching that video, the obvious reaction to that is this is unacceptable, this can't happen, right? Like there needs to, and then we turn into the way that the media culture works is we then start debating certain things like, oh, seeing this video, now we need white people to do this to help us. And and I'm like, and I get, and I'm speaking for myself here, okay? Mm -hmm. I know this is a narrative that's out there about we need white people to do blank. And it's like, no, we don't, okay? You should step forward because you think that something is wrong. Not because a black person is telling you, hey, something is wrong. We can have a conversation, but you have to actually care. Because I can tell you all my stories. I can tell you all the things that I've been through. But unless you actually care in the first place, it's not going to make a difference. Right? So all these pleas for Sidney Crosby to step up and speak up. I know what that means. 
and I, I get where it's coming from and shouts to Evander Kane for even making this a topic of discussion, but we got to emphasize the point that these things have to be genuine. And I only really want to hear from Sidney Crosby if he's saying something genuine and something that matters, something that's beyond a tweet, right? Like him tweeting Black Lives Matter, that's doing nothing. Like, let's, let's keep it a buck, right? And, and I know I don't mean to sound like I'm countering some form of progress because I'm sure in someone's mind that lives in a different bubble than I do or that has different experiences than I do, you need to hear that from Sidney Crosby for it to come across your radar. Mm -hmm. But I would urge you to, to critically think, which is something that we lose in 2020. Understand the difference between, you know, you saw how passionate uh, Blake Wheeler was. And I don't know if you saw the video or just heard him speak, but you could hear it in his voice. You could see him when you, if you watched it on camera and he's looking off camera because you can tell that he's having trouble with it because it's a difficult conversation. But there is accountability that he's taken where he's saying, I understand the blind spots that I had in the past and that's on me to do better. That's a real statement. That's someone who's ready to come forward and have an actual conversation. I'm about that. Not what happened the rest of the week where everyone else just had to put out their statement just because everyone else did. And so they got someone to, to you know, hit up Microsoft Paint or Photoshop so they can tweet out, you know, some fancy font image on Instagram or everyone's putting out these black boxes for a day. Like, that's cool and that's fine and dandy. But if we're serious about actually changing something here, it has to be about serious actual engaging conversation conversations where we listen and i mean listen to understand what the other person is saying and it's not just about me it's not just about you webby as a white person understanding me it's about me understanding you as a white person in terms of you know why are things the way they are why do you think that way why is it that your viewpoint of black people is only these images that we see in the media that are fake and phony and the same like negative portrayal of being thugs and being whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like all those, we don't even have to get into it. You know what I'm saying, right? Like we got to have those conversations. That to me is the point of where I become so frustrated because we're shifting all these gears into, you know, away from, hold on, are we having real convos or are we just here to be like, you know, let's, let's, do our checklist and see how many athletes now have decided to say something. Oh, this white athlete said something. Okay, cool. Moving on. Drew Brees, you said something bad. Okay, move on. Like even when Drew Brees says something stupid, right? Let's not dwell on it, but let's emphasize the point like, yo, bro, we, we had that conversation already. That ain't it. <laughs> right? So you need to, you need to figure that out. That's not on me as a black person to educate Drew Brees or his teammates to educate Drew Brees. Bro, it's 2020. You have Google. You have all the information that you need in the palm of your hands to figure something out if you really want to figure it out. And I, I'm apologizing for ranting here, Webby, but it's kind of just been a thing that's been, you know, I've, I've been fired up on this like kind of roller coaster ride of emotions for the past week. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling here, but it's just kind of like, you know, it, what frustrates me so much about 2020 and just sort of like the fake images that we see in the media games too right like we were talking a bit off camera or before we started recording about you know i'm sure like many people how how many of us have been glued to cnn and fox news and whatever well i'm we'll get to fox <laughs> news in a second because i got some things to say but you know how many of us have been glued to the news for the past week and 
how are we actually taking in this information? Do you know what I'm saying, Webby? Like, how much are we actually being active listeners instead of passive listeners? Are we taking in the images that we're seeing? Are we understanding, you know, let me ask you, Webby, have you noticed the fact that if you turn on CNN, why is it at night they decide to turn up the volume when the, the, the looting's going on? And they'll be like, hey, turn up the volume and you'll hear the yelling and screaming going back and forth. But during the day, they don't often show the people giving speeches during the the actual peaceful protests it's very rare they actually put up the audio of someone during the peaceful protest why is that i was going to say that they don't even put up the i like that's one of the things about the coverage about these protests that i find you know almost nefarious is you're right they're just images and, and a lot of mm -hmm. these protests are more than you know conflicts with police or you know property damage or looting. No, these are well-organized uh, protests that have several different speakers, several different people from different backgrounds who are coming out to, like you say, have those conversations. And that is what needs to be on TV and to reach millions of people, not necessarily mm -hmm. the pictures of conflict that get ratings. And unfortunately, what does get ratings is this conflict and not uh, the you know, the conversations that you were talking about that is that are there to get rid of ignorance. Right. And right. It, totally. And I get it. We all we all watch the news because that's where most of the information is flown or that's a filter in which we gather our news every day. But pay attention to what you're watching. Right. Yeah. Understand the game that's going on. Right. Like the news isn't the news as much as it's trying to be reality TV. So they're going to show you the looting because that's what's going to stop you from changing the channel. Right. Exactly. Showing someone kneeling, you know, the cops kneeling with people in the streets, they're barely going to show you that. And I'm someone, Webby, who I don't know, this might sound kind of weird, but the way that my brain works is I'm always focused on the how and why. Right. Like, why is something the way that it is? Like, even if mm -hmm. I disagree with you, I'm always interested in the wait, why do you think like this? How is it like this? And so I, I've been talking to my friends and saying like, I flick around, right? I'll be watching CNN and then I'll flick over to Fox News. And I've had people say like, what? Well, why do you flick over to Fox News? And in my mind, I'm like, yo, I want to know what these motherfuckers are saying. Yeah, I want to know what, what, the, what, what is the other half thinking about what's going on here? For sure. See what they're they're working with. See how they're operating. See what the messages are that they're putting out. Because to me, if if I'm going to be someone who's trying to maneuver in this world as a minority, I got to know what the other side's thinking or the tricks or the games that they're playing for why they perceive me in a certain way. And, you know, <laughs> I laugh to kind of mask the the pain, but the other day when you I flicked on Fox News and in the little game that they play and it's kind of different we work in TV so we're we're by nature built in a different way in which we consume it right we're paying attention to the little things but I flicked it over the other day and it was Tuesday I think it was right mm -hmm. so remember it's Tuesday at like eight o'clock or something so the big banner at the bottom of the screen on Fox News said uh, violent protests continue to erupt across the US okay again the big banner at the bottom violent protests continue to erupt across the US and on the screen they're showing you 
four different images, like a four box of four different cities across the US. And in every one of those boxes, they're showing you fires or looting or, you know, skirmishes or pushing and shoving. Like they're showing you angry violence. And then in little fonts in each of the corner of the boxes, you know what it says? It says Monday. So they're showing you old footage, right? And they're only telling you it's old footage in like little fonts in the yeah. corner of each of the boxes that say Monday. Big banner <laughs> says everything continues. And the little font says Monday. So they're showing you old footage while trying to tell you that violent protests are continuing across the entire U.S. And all I'm saying, the reason I bring this up is we got to do a better job of paying attention. Yeah. Because once we get hip to the game, that's when we all stand up, regardless of race, and we demand better. Right? If we're onto the games and we start calling out these people on the BS, right? We all have the power to change these things amongst ourselves. It's not about me asking a, a, a white person to, hey, you got to not watch Fox News. You got to do that. You got to understand, wait, these people are trying to trick me and manipulate me. Why am I watching this? That's the game we got to be on. And I'm not even giving CNN a pass because CNN does the same kind of bullshit where they're showing you over and over again so much of the riots and, you know, the riots. And I, I'm calling myself out for saying for falling for the trap and calling it the riots but showing you so much of the looting as opposed to the peaceful protests so the games being played on both sides are we paying attention enough to want to change collectively because if this conversation webby and i'm being honest to you man and we're we're boys so i know i can freely say this and i know of you're course. not getting offended or anything like that right but i'm gonna freely say this is not gonna be about me as a black person trying to tell a white person hey you need to do a b and c like bro you either want to make the change or you don't and either way history has told us black people are going to continue thriving and figuring out a way regardless right so let's let's keep it a buck in terms of what's going on right now in society and realize that this isn't about asking for permission right like we I don't no. even know if I'm making sense to you right now or if I'm rambling too much and I apologize to anyone listening and I apologize to you especially Webby just because like I'm here rambling but like I'm fired up because I'm passionate about this and I'm passionate about when people want to talk about change I want to know are you really wanting to talk about change or are you just here for the likes on Instagram see and that's the thing you you just brought it up yeah, not just regular media in how that they portray what's going on in the news, but it's about how people want to be perceived on social media and about mm -hmm. the lip service and saying that, yes, you know, uh, you know, I'm here to do everything I can for the disenfranchised or this or that or whatever. But it's you're absolutely right. If you don't put your money where your mouth is basically show up and be part of the change that you want to see then all of this then you're right get out of the way okay you yeah get your likes on instagram for the black box or whatever um exactly you know, the black squares right blackout tuesday which was a perfect example right like okay cool but how many people actually took the time to figure out what blackout tuesday was about before they just started posting the black squares on instagram Right. Like I know I woke up and I knew about it before, but I made sure to read up on it and be like, OK, so you're supposed to post this. But then you're supposed to spend the rest of the day sharing information about the actual cause mm -hmm. and the movement of what's going on. Right. And how many people actually did that? No. No. Mad people thought it was just about, oh, you just post that and that's Show it. I'm not posting for the rest right? of the day. And it's like, uh, I don't know. And, you know. 
a lot of things just come off disingenuous and and i'm gonna be honest about some things man like we know already the people that ride with us and the people that don't right like i know who my friends are Uh, the blessing of growing up in toronto is that it is so multicultural and you have people who are forced to grow up with different people that might not come from the same background as them so what that teaches you along the way is you know the people that ride with you for real and the people that don't and the difference is for black people is we got to put on a mask so many times where we got to just smile and nod and be like yep okay cool everything's fine when everything's not fine (laughs) right so in this, it doesn't change, right? So we know what's real in terms of people, as I mentioned, Blake Wheeler and even Jonathan Taves, what he wrote on Instagram, even though that's something that was written, you could tell that's not some PR thing that, that you know, some agent wrote for him. You could tell that came off as being real feelings, right? We can tell the difference. So miss me with the whole, you know, graphic that obviously we know <laughs> some of these athletes aren't sitting there on on uh, you know Microsoft Paint. Yeah, they figuring have out how to do this. They're called publicists, right? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so like, let's have the deeper conversation. And I think a great example of this for people who might not know, like, what are some examples that we're talking about? One that's really important, Webby, and I want your your opinion on this too. Okay. So, follow me here and don't jump on me before I'm done here about this, right? But P.K. Subban, P.K. Subban was trending a couple days ago, right? Because he donated, uh, what was it, $50,000 to uh, the family of George Floyd. And he also got the NHL to match his $50,000 that he donated, right? So cool. I applaud I applaud P.K. Subban so much for doing that, putting his money where his mouth is and doing something for the fact that, you know what, he saw an injustice take place on TV and he decided, what am I going to do? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and donate to this cause. And I appreciate that. But what I want in terms of taking this conversation to the next level, I want to have the conversation where I say, okay, so P.K., talk to me, man. Like, has your opinion changed from now in 2020 to 2017 when you were in nashville and you had the conversation in front of the nashville fans and you said that you would never kneel because you would not want to disrespect the fan you or sorry you would not want to disrespect the flag that's what you said so has your opinion changed since then because we all obviously know again with drew Brees. We know this. that's not what the argument is about, and it was never about disrespecting the flag. So has your opinion changed? And I don't know the answer to that, but I would love to know because that's what I'm thinking this whole thing is about. It's about the growth and people changing their opinions and learning more about situations and wanting to change. So it's cool to make the post and you read your statement and you post your statement on Instagram. Cool. But what happens a week from now? What happens two weeks from now? What happens a month from now? Because unfortunately, as sad as it is to say, this is going to happen again, right? So I'm here for the deeper conversation. And so I'm using PK as the example because that's someone who's shied away from race for the majority of his career. And I just want to know if that's something that you still want to do going forward. And hey, is there a platform where he could answer that question at some point? Maybe. I hope so. Because I'd like to know. Right. And I'm not coming from a place of judgment and being like, yo, you better say this, that or the third. I'm genuinely asking a question that I would like to know, because that's where my mind goes in terms of what the conversations are we should be having now, not just simply, hey, did you post this? You know what I'm saying, Webby? 
I do. I do. Now, in that, I hadn't heard about the P.K. Subban thing with the NHL, uh, but I do remember his comments uh, in Nashville when the Kaepernick thing was going on. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to need to come out and uh, and say if he has changed his opinions, right? Like, like I'm hoping that's, so. That's, I would hope so. That's the whole kind of good thing about what's going on is that, like you say, people are having these conversations and those changes can take place. Just because yeah. somebody at one point did say something ignorant about the flag or about you know how this is about disrespecting the troops, that way of thinking can be eradicated by having these conversations and having these totally. hard conversations. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I want to have those hard conversations because I think if we're actually being serious, again, and I know I keep repeating myself, but to me, if we're really being serious about changing racism and systematic racism and how we view these things as people, black or white, we got to be ready to have these tough, difficult conversations. And, you know, we know that hockey has a difficult time in dealing with all these things. First off, I know that's that's unfair of me to say about hockey because clearly everywhere we're having a difficult time talking about these things. But if we're being honest, right, Akima Lou was even up to what a couple weeks ago, he had another article that was in the Players Tribune talking about all the issues in hockey and even in professional hockey still to this day. And it was crickets. There weren't many people no. that were that were ready to stand up and say something. I think it was like Ryan Miller right. might have been the, the person, the, the lone person that kind of like quote tweeted and, and applauded Akima Lou for bringing up these issues. So these things aren't that far removed, right? And and the point of more so what I'm bringing up is it's not just about, cool, I applaud what you do, you're you doing in the moment, but let's continue the conversation. Let's always continue to have the conversation because people can learn from us having this conversation because hopefully there's something that we might have thought of that they might not have thought of before, and, right? And there's those, something just a little different. And those tough conversations, that's the only way that people are going to... Uh, get more knowledge, right, and, and change some ways of thinking and some ways of acting. And just because it's not comfortable right away doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's kind of got to be the emphasis, man. Like let's let's stay on track. Let's continue to you know try to keep keep fighting this racism thing. If this is going to be a, a thing that we all feel is a problem, let's get serious about it and continue to have the difficult conversations going forward and stay on track. Because I think what happened almost is, you know, obviously in a week we had, we went from the bird watching lady, right? Yeah. The, the, the lady with her dog yeah, the- calling the cops on the bird watcher. And then almost you know, hours later it went to, okay, so this is what happens when the cops show up. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And those two things were then ingrained in our minds and it, it was a mind fuck for a lot of people. And we kind of got to understand, okay, yeah, that is one of the branches of systematic racism, but it's just one of the branches. There's still a whole lot of other things that are going on. And I guess, you know, you might be a good person to, to talk to the talk on this, but you know, this whole notion about, because I know we both saw this on our timelines, you know, people wondering, oh, well, it's not that bad in Canada, or at least it's not as bad here as it is in the States, right? Right. There's a lot of that floating around on our timelines for sure. And I mean, 
I know I'm not the only one, Webby, and I know you spent time, obviously, in both places, more time than me in both places, but that can't be our actual thought process that people actually really have, right? No. But it is? Did you find that as weird as I did? Yes, and anybody who's saying that, like, are you kidding me? Because, <laughs> listen, in you mentioned it a little while ago about putting on that smiling face and like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's all good, when it's definitely not all good. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, when I think about racism in Canada, it's that I think about that mask that you put on because everybody is mm-hmm. so proud of themselves by not being from the States and not having that yeah. 400 or so years of systematic racism, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in Canada. It almost means that it could be sometimes worse in that for sure people are thinking to themselves well i got racist no i live in canada of course i don't have a racist bone in my body meanwhile mm-hmm. you know uh i'm sure they may be saying terrible things or it, you know believe you know, oh all lives matter or what are these protests even about i mean oh george floyd must have been doing something wrong to be getting the fuzz to come down on him that hard you know it's all these things that just trap in your mind uh, if you're not around it every day and you're not, yeah. your, your ears aren't open and you're not willing to learn. And I think that that mindset of, oh, I'm Canadian, I'm, I'm not, racism doesn't exist up here. You're showing me that you're already closing your mind off to any conversation about what somebody else is going through. For sure. And I think the most basic example of, you know, when they talk about the wage gap and how things are, how taxes are divided, like obviously the same things happen here in terms of property taxes that you pay, depending on the area that you live in, goes into the schools in that area. Yeah. I live in the city of Toronto. I went to high school in the city of Toronto and I went to a high school that was not in my area. And I know that every year when we'd come back for for the new school year, there was something new, right? There was new backboards in the gym or, you know, there's brand new bleachers or brand new weight room or brand new whatever every single year. And I know the high schools that were in my area, the gyms remained shit the entire time. Like Eastern Commerce, for some strange reason, had like the best basketball program in the country (laughs) for decades. And their gym was continuously shit. And I never understood that until you're old enough to realize like, oh, this is all about like tax dollars and funding. Because I went to Northern and that school had the our gym was fucking fresh as fuck with dope ass glass backboards every year that were replaced all the time. And. And it's it's just it's infuriating sometimes for me, Webby, when I hear people say things like, oh, it's not that bad in Canada, because if you have if you have people in your circle that you've heard the stories before of, oh, I've been pulled over by the cops for no reason or, you know, hey, you're the whole notion of driving while black and I'm doing air quotes for people not watching the the video. But you know what I mean? We've all heard those stories, black or white, whatever. And I'm telling you that. If I've had instances in my life, right, and I'm saying this sincerely as people who, anyone who could be listening to this podcast, right, you follow me because you like 
how we talk about the Raptors or you like how we talk about TV shows, but you, in some reason you, you like listening to me speak and I'm going to, I'm going to be very frank in what I'm saying. Okay. Because I think this is super serious and how is super disrespectful it is when you say racism isn't as bad in Canada as it is in the U S because I've been in situations where I've had a gun pointed in my face by the police officers. Okay. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I'm telling you, that's not a nice feeling. I've been handcuffed and put in the back of a cop car for something that I didn't do. I don't know if you know what that feeling's like, but I do. And these are different situations. Have you ever felt the hot hood before when they slam you on the hood of a cop car because it's blazing hot in the summer? I've had that done to me for shit that I didn't do in different occasions. So when you tell me that racism is not as bad in in Canada as it is in the US, you know what that tells me? You need me to die for you to think that. You need me to die for you to think differently. You need me to die and become a hashtag so you can then realize and be like, oh, shit, maybe it is as bad here. Maybe we do have real problems here because I'm telling you there are multiple situations with me or any of my friends that have the same multitude of stories where shit could have went wrong for them and shit could have been a whole different story and we're here yelling and, pro- and protesting and having a different conversation here. So... I, I apologize to for again for ranting and being fired up, but that's how passionate I am about this when I hear people say certain things. And I hope that even if there's just one person that's listening to this that might have thought a different way or have said that to themselves or amongst their group of friends, I'm here to tell you how disrespectful you sound when you say that. And you should really just research it, Google it. Talk to your friends, talk to somebody else, figure out the different experiences because it happens here and people are telling you that it's happening here. So listen to them. Nobody wants to make that up. That's not a cool group that someone wants to be a part of. Like, hey, I got I got racially profiled by the cops. It's not a cool group that anybody wants to be a part of that they're just making up. So listen and understand. And then if you want to ride with us and help us and change this, cool, I'm here. Let's have the difficult conversations. And, and Webby, man, I'm, I'm sorry for ranting, but I want to thank you for letting me rant and kind of just go off like that. And I apologize for ranting. And if I raise my voice or whatever, I'm sorry, I apologize. But thank you, Webby, for, you know, <laughs> being here with me and, and, and allowing me to kind of bounce some things off you and let out some frustration, man. I really appreciate that, man. And and thank you for being a friend and an ally as well, man. Just someone that I know that, you know, we've come up a long way. We, we I, I say grew up together, even though we met as adults yeah. working at the score. But, you know, Feels like been it, one of though. my boys yeah. from time. And, and, and it's always been all love. So I appreciate that. And that's why I'm proud to say, to, to, to have this platform where I say, Hey, I can come on with one of my boys and have a real live conversation about some real shit. So thank you, Webby, for allowing me to kind of rant and letting me bounce some shit off you, man. And I'm going to try to calm down as we segue here, but thank you, my dude. I appreciate you, man. I just want you to know that. Yeah, man. Thank you. And please don't apologize, man. Like, like you say, these difficult conversations, this is what needs to happen, man. And, uh, and, like you put it so well man it's like i the last thing we want is that to happen in canada where somebody becomes a hashtag and that's what it takes for people to realize what's really going on because there are much easier ways to gain that knowledge rather than losing 
another life of a young black person in Canada or in the United States. Like, it doesn't need to happen for people to change what's going on or to understand what's going on. And and although our news here might not be as sensationalized, don't get it twisted. It does happen here. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm uh, the point I'm trying to make is just don't have it come down to you needing it to happen to someone you know for yeah. you to fully believe it, right? Like that's kind of the point I want to leave everyone with and, and kind of wrap up this side of the conversation, you know, because that can't be it. We know the problem exists. We can't be debating whether this problem exists anymore. We're past that. And, you know, that's what I'm talking about. The narrative of me begging white people or asking white people to do that, like we're beyond that. We can't still be having this debate about whether it exists, right? Then we're losing already, right? Exactly. We're losing already if that's where we're at, where we're debating whether or not this is a thing and whether you should think it's a thing. So again, I want to emphasize, man, anyone listening to this, I appreciate you guys listening to us have this conversation and talk that out because I will be honest, that was really difficult for me in the sense of I've spent the past week trying to figure out how to do it, where to do it. Um, do I write something? Do I not write something? And I, I couldn't write it, you know, like that didn't feel genuine to me, like for me personally, in terms of how I express myself, you know, so I appreciate you guys listening for people that listen to that. And please don't hesitate to message me, whatever you think, whether you agree, whether you disagree, know that I'm here to have the real conversation. And if you want to have the real conversation as well, hit us up, man, yeah. hit us up in the comments for sure. Please. And yeah, and, and, and know that just because this is happening now, we want to grow out the platform where we have the ability to talk about real things as well as talk about the NBA coming back, right? Even as minuscule as that seems right now in this moment, and I try to awkwardly segue, just know <laughs> that we're here, right? Like, message us. I mean that when I say that. Message me. Hit me up. You're listening to this podcast. Hit us in the comments. Yeah. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm going to have that honest conversation because I'm telling you, I've been having it with a bunch of my friends this whole week, black and white. And I had a conversation with one of my black friends where I said to him, I'm like, listen, man, I know like you, you've had a lot of your white friends hit you up. And that's got to be on us too to have that conversation and be willing to have that conversation. If someone's actually asking you because they don't know. Yo, man, that person really rocks with you because they're not, they're wanting to have the difficult conversation. They're willing to admit their, you know, the gaps that they might have and wanting to know. So if we're really serious about the change, we got to be there and hold up our end and have the conversation. So hopefully we just did that for a little bit. Yeah. And same goes and with me. If, you know, you want to reach out to me th through social media or you want me to read something that you've got going on or want to talk to me about anything, please, please hit me up. I like I'm, that's what I'm here to do is listen and to have those conversations as well. And full disclosure, man, we're, as I said, we're taping this on Thursday. Full disclosure, Webby hit me up way earlier on this week and he said, listen, man. Hit me up if you want to talk. And I don't even mean on camera, off camera. Hit me up. Yeah. Text me. Call me if you want to just talk. Fuck the cameras. Fuck all that. If you want to talk, call me. And I, and I want to emphasize that to you on camera. You know, and because we practice what we preach here, right? So that's what I'm saying. I appreciate that, my yeah, dude. Hey, man. I, I really do. Appreciate you having me I on really here. really do. Absolutely. Every week. Of course, week. my dude. Whether it's, course, the, uh, whether it's about sports, TV, or, or the real shit, man. That's, hey, that's what I'm here to do. That's what we try to do, put everything on blast, right? And, you know, again, there's no 
good way to transition to trying to talk about the NBA. But the <laughs> other thing, I guess, before we wrap up this pod is, yeah, the NBA's back. And, I mean, if there's a league where... If there's a league that handles these difficult times the best, it's probably the NBA. Yeah. And, you know, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic, even though the news cycle shifted from COVID-19 to racism, obviously. But either way, the NBA, in terms of sports, always seems to be at the forefront and had a deal. And, you know, they're kind of pushing through with their uh, season as today on Thursday, the Board of Governors approved a 22-team format to restart the season uh, July 31st in Orlando. And if you listen to the pod last week, uh, Webby and I debated and talked about some of the different formats that the NBA was looking at, some of the different proposals, and they didn't really go with either one, right? They didn't go straight to the playoffs, right? And they, they didn't go at the group stage, right? right? And they and they didn't. They kind of are doing a little bit of uh, a. They're taking a piece of what the NHL wants to do when they come back as well, in terms mm-hmm. of having a little bit of a ramp up before just getting right into the playoffs. Exactly. So if we explain out this plan, right, under the plan, I'm reading this from Woj's article because, of course, Woj is the god. And under the plan, 13 Western Conference teams and nine Eastern Conference teams will play eight regular season, quote, seeding games, a possible play in tournament for the eighth seed and the playoffs at the Walt Disney World Resort. So. Again, it's the top 16 teams in the Eastern Conference and Western Conferences are joined by the teams currently within six games of eighth place in both conferences. (laughs) Or Eastern Conference. (laughs) Exactly. So you got New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix, all in the West, and then just Washington (laughs) in the (laughs) Eastern Conference. So... Before we get to the play-in tournament, because that's a little convoluted, what do you just think of this setup right here, Webby, where you have these two conferences and you have these added teams, but most of them are from the West? <laughs> like, what do you think of this 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 twist of how the NBA is coming back? Well, when you look at the rosters of the teams that weren't automatically in the playoffs and you were like, okay, pick me six of the teams that would have a chance uh, yep. I think they picked the right six. Um, they yeah. obviously they knew they needed to have uh, Zion in there. I think um, yep. having Pop in there, even though that Spurs team is very flawed, uh, having mm-hmm. Pop there with all the coaches, I think that's a very smart move by the NBA. And I think that uh, having a big star like Bradley Beal uh, out of the East, um, that's a no-brainer as well. I just uh, my prediction of having the the Knicks and the Bulls because of TV markets. Uh, I was wrong on that because uh, and the more that I thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, they don't. I mean, this is going to be a ratings bonanza no matter who's in it, whether it's going to be the yeah. Knicks or not, right? And it, it is just kind of weird, though, that it's 22 teams. It almost seems like, okay, well, why not just bring everyone back? Like, you're almost there, right? Like, to go from 16 do you know what I'm saying? To add eight more teams, it's kind of like, or sorry, six more teams, it's kind of like, it's just weird. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about the NBA being a league of star power, and you mentioned it. 
You make sure you get some Zion action, possibility of Dame Dollar, who we know, obviously, after his walk-off last year, you want to give Dame Dollar a chance. He's a big-time all-star in the league. We want and them then to you think of Oklahoma City. We need them to see, they need, we need them to see Oklahoma City. <laughs> right? But then you think of Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. I mean, you know, like there's there's star power with a bunch of these teams. And as you mentioned, even Pop might be the biggest star of the Spurs, but... Hey, why not have the Spurs? Not mad at that. And the, even Sacramento is a young and up and coming squad mm-hmm. in their own right. So this is kind of really interesting. And, you know, to break this down for, further in terms of the play in tournament, the play in tournament, tournament, wow, in English, <laughs> the play in tournament will include. I'm glad that I'm fumbling my words here while we're talking about the NBA and not and in not the, the conversation stuff. we were having earlier. <laughs> That's probably better, right? We could laugh about some shit now. For sure. But. The play-in tournament will include the number eight and nine teams in the conference, and if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of eighth, in that case, the number nine seed would need to beat the eighth seed twice to earn a playoff berth, while the number eight seed would only need one win from the two potential games. That's convoluted as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no? Like, it just seems so weird, but it's like... I don't even care on some level. There's basketball. <laughs> Just get me there. there. There's talk about basketball. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me what the uh, like what, what the ins and outs are going to be once we start. Mm-hmm. Because I just need, I just want the games to start getting played. <laughs> right. Just you're telling me there's games. All right, cool. Oh, man. We'll figure it out along the way. I'm sure you can put a big banner on the bottom explaining to me the scenarios. It's like, do you know? It's like uh, when everyone was talking about the All Star game. And how they changed the ending. And people were like, oh, it's so confusing. But then once we actually got to it, it, it was, was like the greatest amazing. thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so this could kind of work out the same way. So if we break down the regular season schedule, this was from Michael Grange a couple days ago. And he says the Raptors schedule would be Philly, Boston, Denver, Lakers, Milwaukee, mm. Houston, Miami, and Orlando. Oh, man. That's a... So they don't get any of the six? They don't get any of the the last six in or whatever you want to call them? I don't even know how they did this breakdown in terms of how they figured out the schedule. Like, I just find this, like, super weird how they, they seeded the, the schedules. And, I mean, that's a schedule that I saw from Grange. I don't know if there's another schedule out there floating around. But either way that you look at it, if you're the Raptors... Your schedule is going to be harder than the actual schedule would have been if we just continued the regular season. Because remember, the Raptors' schedule is front-loaded so hard compared to the back end of their schedule. So if you look at it that way, is this kind of fair? Right? Like the Raptors had all these injuries all season. They battled through the most difficult part of their sched to get to this point now. And then now you got a super hard sked again (laughs) to end the season. Like, is that fair? Or should we just be like, whatever, this is messed up anyways, just roll with it. And people are going to say that I'm being a Raptors hater, but it doesn't matter. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. like fair or not, like, what are you going to try and avoid these teams? I think that especially getting back into the like playing shape. Uh, for a couple of weeks, I think that you'd want to test yourself against teams like Milwaukee and L.A. and Philly yeah. and Boston because ultimately, like that's who the Raptors are going to have to end up beating in the playoffs. 
So yeah, you, you make a great point. So man. you don't want a cupcake schedule. You want to get back and see how you guys can handle the big boys of the league. And I think that uh, – so I don't think that that schedule is unfair. In fact, I, if I was a Raptor, well, as a as semi-Raptors fan growing up in Toronto, uh, I, think mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I think that that's a great test for the Raps. Yeah, I mean, you're not mad at the Raptors only when they're playing against your Sixers. Exactly. I understand that. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I think I saw that the uh, the Sixer schedule, like same kind of thing. It was like a leak. The, this is how it would play out if this is, and their their schedule was p- super easy. I think they only. I think the best teams that they saw were like the Rockets and the Celtics, and they got like three of the six last six teams in. Yeah, no, I t- I totally hear where you're coming from, my dude, and um. It's kind of a thing where if you're honest about how this is playing out, the other part to pay attention to is you're playing these eight games for seeding, right? So currently the Raptors are in second place in the East, right? Three games up on Boston. And then, so that means right now you're matched up with the Nets, which we'll get to the Nets in a second. But if you happen to falter over these eight, seeding games and you drop down the third there's a massive difference between playing the nets and playing the sixers right big time and and so this is this is going to be super interesting and and you're right in the sense that okay sure you can sulk over the end of your regular season schedule being difficult but if you're being honest you're kind of coming right back and it's the playoffs right because right. each of these eight games are super important in terms of seeding it's setting you up for you know how difficult the rest of your your path to the final is going to be and ultimately you're right webby man you got to play these tough teams somehow if you're gonna repeat and be the champs or get back to the finals you're gonna have to go through these teams anyways so you might as well get your foot your feet back into the fire early on and, and get back at it and at least you know test out playing against Giannis once before you might have to play that series against him again Exactly. So I hear you, man. I, I got you. I got you. And not only that, like, even if you do, like, and highly unlikely, but if, say you were to lose every one of those games, it's not mm-hmm. like you would then not be in the playoffs. Like, the Raptors would still be in the playoffs, and who knows? Maybe after losing every one of these play-in games, then they get their shit together, and they go on a crazy run again this year in the playoffs. But the thing, And the thing is, too, man, like, you look at Miami... Miami, the Pacers, and the Sixers. Those teams are within two games of each other. So that whole, and they're only three or two and a half games back of Boston. Mm-hmm. So all of those teams could shuffle up as well. Exactly. Right? Like that whole order can shuffle up and be completely different. Uh, Washington, Washington could move in and be the team instead of the Nets because, or instead of the Magic, but I kind of want to focus in on the Nets because who knows what's going on with the Nets. But we know that with the time... Right, we're talking about what July thirty first here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically another two months, that's and a, it's, that's that's a more than a year that KD <laughs> tore his knee, and and that, and that recovery time is about a year, right? And I'll say this, okay, Vegas is a very interesting place, but the odds came out for who's going to win the NBA title, okay, and we'll get to that in a sec, but. Caesar Sportsbook lowered the Brooklyn Nets championship odds from 750 to 1 to 60 to 1 
okay, again, from 750 to 1 to 60 to 1, solely based on the speculation of Kevin Durant possibly returning. <laughs> That's insane, no? <laughs> well, listen, he's top three player in the league, man. <laughs> Yo, imagine the wrinkle that that adds. And I don't know the answer to this, but do you think this format makes it less likely or more likely that Kevin Durant would come back? I think more likely. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with the format. I think it has to do more with the timeline. Because ah, these, okay. Because these, well, now the format, I, I would play into it because these teams are getting like a four-week training camp before mm-hmm. going down to Orlando. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if he did come back, he it's not like they'd be throwing him right into an NBA Finals game. He'd have a training camp to test out the knee, and then mm-hmm. during these first, like the warm-up games, the, the play-in games, you know, play 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Don't overextend yourself. Like, I felt that that's what Golden State did to him when he was already injured and then in the series against the Raptors. Just way more, like, ease him in, and then once those playoffs start, KD and Kyrie. Yeah. No, totally. I I think it's such an interesting wrinkle to this whole thing, and I didn't think Kevin Durant would come back, but when you break it down and and really go through the timeline— just the drama would be so incredible, <laughs> right? Like him Can, coming back. No, 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 it's it's the it's the leaked uh, Instagram video or Twitter video of him getting shots up in the gym. In the <laughs> You're waiting camp. for that video I'm, to come. You're I'm waiting wait, for that video I'm to come. Waiting, I'm waiting because I think it might. Well, how much do the odds go down then? Right <laughs> once what you are, see that. What are they sixty <laughs> to one now? Uh, I don't know. Well, twenty five to one maybe. I guess because you you got to see him play. Yeah, and it, I mean, you got to see him play, and you have a really cool opportunity with a bit of these, as you mentioned, the training camp, and you got these kind of regular season games. And if you talk about the seeding, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm being, I'm being very honest. Are you telling me that Kevin Durant, let's say he looks at the standings, and he says, okay, well, we have a first-round series against the Raptors, or, you know, does he Celtics. look at that and say, all right, let's go. As opposed to, okay, well, I'm coming back against the Celtics. And again, I'm not saying that the Celtics are better than the Raptors. I'm talking about straight just matchup purposes. No. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like, I, who's guarding KD? You're throwing OG at him? Okay, cool. But, I mean, a healthy Kevin Durant's that dude, right? Like we saw him give Kawhi fifty, and how many dudes are out here giving Kawhi fifty, right? So, so that's uh, it, it's that's why I don't it's a scary sight. That's why I don't think that matchups going to matter. I just think health is going to matter, and okay. and because I think that especially in the East, the East is not a very strong conference. No. Uh, I mean, uh, apart from Milwaukee, I mean Milwaukee's having an unbelievable season, but. Even if they were matched up against the Bucks, I'd be like, yeah, let's go, KD. Give it a go, man. You're kidding me. Top three player in the last 20 years, man. He'd come out and just wreck it. The one thing I wonder, should KD be nervous about the play-in tournament? And if they were, if KD comes back and they lose the play-in tournament, is that a bad look on Kevin Durant in the Nets? I don't think so because he hasn't played with the team. 
and they don't have a coach. I, agree. I think that it's <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I think yeah. it's it's only positives. It, like that's a thing with this with Kevin Durant coming back is that the mm-hmm. only negative, the only drawback would be him blowing out the knee again. Yeah, but he's, he's and knock on wood for that because obviously we don't want to see that as NBA fans. I hear you, my dude. 100%. I hear you. But what like it's been more than a it's been more than a year now mm-hmm. since yeah. he blew out totally. the knee. So totally. it's like get get back in there, man. It's, let's go because I mean that would be such a crazy uh, wrinkle to this whole thing. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now the Nets are going to try and make a run to steal an NBA championship. <laughs> yeah. Right? That would be so incredible if that were to be a thing that happened. And just to go through uh, a bunch of the other odds, as we mentioned, uh, LeBron and the Lakers are tied with the Bucks at plus 250 as the mm-hmm. favorites to win the title. Uh, and for people who might not be familiar with how gambling works, right? That means when we say plus 250, it means for every $100 that you bet, you'll win back an additional $250 if they win, right? So for the people who are the gambling heads who might not really understand how that works when we say plus 250. Um, So after that, the Clippers are at plus 333. Mm -hmm. The Rockets are at, wow, the Rockets are at plus 1,200. Yeah, listen, if any team is going to come out here and steal this thing, I mean, regardless, no KD, it's going to be the Rockets. I mean, they get hot, and it's like get them in the playoffs, all that baggage of a regular season is kind of gone. They could mm-hmm. be dangerous. They could be really dangerous. Have you seen the pictures of skinny James Harden? I thought it was Moses coming <laughs> coming down off the mountain. I was I was like, that's not James Harden. I was like, what's going on? He's got the apostles with him. He, all he was missing was, was the two tablets. Yo, I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun because the other part of all this is there's a huge wild card here of who knows who's taken care of themselves during this break and who hasn't been taking care of themselves during this break. Like that could be a huge wild card here. I mean, right? like, like, I think I said this last time, but imagine like Jokic comes back and he's just like Schwarzenegger in 91 in the Terminator. <laughs> and he's just yeah. totally jacked, man. Like that'd be amazing. Nobody's seen Jokic since the season like went away like he could be he could either be 350 pounds or he could be like a lean 220 just ripped yeah for sure like who's been hitting the DoorDash? who's been hitting the the (laughs) skip the dishes that's what i want to know before i place any bets here Oh, we will find out because those are be just as much as you're talking about waiting to see uh the kd in the gym pictures those pictures of people who haven't been taking care of themselves when they show up to training camp, those pictures will come out as well. <laughs> oh, I'll play myself into shape during the three weeks. <laughs> right. So everybody looks like Khalid El Amin, my boy from Utah. <laughs> Khalid El Amin. Yo, well, that's a solid reference right there. Shouts to Khalid El Amin. Wow. Yo, I, I thought his career was going to be way better. But the husky husky, right? <laughs> you know how like when the season starts and you hear these stories from, you know, local media and it's like, oh, so and so is in the best shape of his life. How many mm-hmm. opposite like articles are we gonna get that like, oh man, so and so is in the worst shape of his life? Like, oh no, buddy healed ate nothing but you know, conch, fried conch down in uh the Bahamas and now he's put on an extra like sixty pounds. 
<laughs> right so crazy man so crazy so just for people to round out just how this is going to work in terms of a schedule as we plot out you know what our daily consumption of television could be with this nba season so sources told espn the preliminary expectations on the league plans include the regular season will extend 16 days with five to six games per day. Oh, yes. Yes. Yo, Yo, I'm here for it. (laughs) So there will be four hours between games on each individual court to accommodate overtimes, cleanings, and warmups. The league will be using three courts in the complex for their games. Um, In the eight-game regular season format, each team is expected to play one back-to-back. Uh, The NBA is expected to be aggressive in moving up the start date for each playoff series when the previous round series comes to an end. Mm -hmm. And the NBA Finals format is expected to include games every other day. So we could be having third round games when the second round in the East is still going on, kind of like that. Yes. That's all good. But just imagine when that starts, five, yo, Webby, five to six games a day? The, are, are we ready for that? Well, the only problem with this is that my uh, my wife's uh, due date for our daughter is August okay. is August seventh. So okay. I'm already trying to find ways that we can roll in the TV into the delivery room, maybe. <laughs> you know, but oh, I'll tell you man. this: this little girl is going to be an NBA fan from the jump, man. We're going to have her. I'm going to bring the bassinet right here in front of the TV and teach her about 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 ball man that's just how it goes uh so automatically a sixers fan or is there any chance just being the straight canadian citizen coming into this world with the raptors being the nba champs you know is what? there any chance there you know what like i grew up with my dad he's a new york giants fan i'm an eagles fan uh he's okay. a montreal canadians fan i'm a leaf fan uh, he's a, okay. <laughs> he's a Celtics fan. I'm a Sixers fan. So it's just like, uh, you know, you don't want to press it too much because you know, I I just want to teach her about the game, you know, and let her okay. make her own mind up. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, unless she's a hey. Laker fan, and then we're gonna put the kibosh on that. <laughs> won't be wearing you know, any purple. Won't be wearing any purple and gold in my household. No, no way. purple and gold. No eh? way. Okay. No okay. way. So the other storyline, I guess the last thing we kind of want to talk about about this NBA season is obviously because all the games are taking place in one spot, they've been kicking around how can they still have somewhat of a home court advantage? Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there are some things thrown out by Dave McMenamin, and we know that he's a legit reporter. So obviously, like my guy's getting this from somewhere. But there are a lot of things that sound kind of ridiculous, so I'm going to read each of these things, (laughs) and you tell me if something is crazy or if you think it could work. Okay. Okay? So again, the issue here is home court advantage, right? A team has battled for so long to have first place. How do we maintain some level of home court advantage in the playoffs? So the first thing, the higher-seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the traditional jump ball to begin the game. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that's, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a small thing, but yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. Okay, uh, next one. The higher-seeded team being allowed to designate one player to be able to be whistled for seven fouls <laughs> instead of six before fouling out. 
Um, I would say that's pretty crazy. Uh, and plus, <laughs> we don't have any of the tough guys. It's not like, I mean, if this was the early 90s, like, give Oak seven fouls. Yeah. You know, like, and, hey, let hold, him on, do, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let him do hold some on, damage. As a Sixers fan, if you give Mark <laughs> Gasol seven fouls against Embiid in a series or seven fouls against Giannis in a series, yo, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, that might be to your advantage. No? A, a smart coach like Nurse would absolutely find a, the exact right person in that matchup to give the guy seven to give the guy seven fouls. I don't think they'll do that one though because no. I think it's a little too out there. Yeah, I and think that's a little also, too crazy. Also, too, for people who might have missed it, when Adam Silver was on uh, the Inside the NBA they had earlier, he talked about when they were kicking around a lot of the ideas for this tournament coming back with the Board of Governors. He said one of the people that was really vocal about not wanting to make it too much of a gimmick was Michael Jordan. And so, like, mm. despite the fact that his team's not even involved, he was one of the people that was like, no, we can't. Like, he didn't really want to do any of the crazy, like, World Cup style things. And he thought it was just a little bit too gimmicky. And he kind of got to leave some semblance of normalcy if we're going to call this an actual NBA championship. What do you think about that? I think that what do you think of MJ? I, MJ taking the lead or taking charge in some of these meetings. You here. know what? MJ's an old school dude and makes mm -hmm. it no surprise that he would he would on brand yeah. have that kind of <laughs> like hardline stance because you know we see the NBA recently like basically since Silver took over where a lot more of these gimmicks are starting to creep in right like we're seeing the like we saw with the with the All Star game this year. And that's a, a lot of fans want to see that, like a mid-season tournament, these kinds of things. So it, really interesting that, well, interesting, but not that surprising that, excuse me, that Jordan would, would kind of take a hard line. Uh, yeah, no, totally agree with you, my dude. And the next one here is the higher-seeded team receiving an extra coach's challenge. Mm, mm. No, I it's it's these extra things. I, I'm not uh, I'm not so down with. Like, yeah, I don't even like the first coach's challenge. Yeah, yeah, so. Exactly. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, the higher seated team being able to transport their actual hardwood home court from their arenas to Orlando to try to preserve the feel of their home court playing experience. I saw this. I like it. But I don't think it's very feasible. However, in having been one of the people who uh, like makes the highlights for uh, Sportsnet and the score, there's nothing more mm -hmm. that I like better, Sheldon, than a great uh, switching from hockey to basketball time lapse to open a uh, <laughs> to open a pack. How many times has that been done? A million? Oh, two yes. million? Um, the one that I, the, I heard, I was listening to the Bill Simmons, uh, he did a mailbag. I think it was last week. Okay. He had a good, mm -hmm. somebody sent him in a good one and I don't have the guy's name who did it or anything, but it's that the home team or the higher seated team, they get to have their sound guy in the bubble. <laughs> yes, okay. So if it's uh you know, if it's the Raptors, if Raptors DJ, if it's, you know, Atlanta has the uh, guy who plays all the hip hop on the organ or on something. The or <laughs> so you can have your guy to play your hype up songs and your like when you're okay. on defense, he's going defense. 
defense. <laughs> I think that okay. would be really cool because that's a little like yeah. the hardwood, the hardcore thing, only without the oh, you've got to bring in all these, you got to bring in twenty-two teams as courts. Yeah. Um, no, totally. I, I like that idea. And you, it's funny you mentioned Bill Simmons too, because I want to say something about his pod and you know like. If you follow that or you listen to him and Rosillo, you know kind of what happened where they had this kind of off-the-cuff conversation about the protests and they got a lot of backlash for it. And so the next day or a couple days later, Simmons apologized. But yeah, and it was a really, really good conversation. And, you know, to kind of tie in what we were talking about earlier in this Mm -hmm. pod, that to me is one of the things where if you're a a person that's saying that you want to be an ally... And you're saying, hey, what what can I do? You're asking what you can do. Here's a great example. And I know I just said I'm not telling you what to do or I shouldn't be telling you what to do. But I'm saying the example of because you see so many people. Bill Simmons has one of the biggest followings in terms of anyone that has a podcast. Right. Right. So when you see, okay, D-Ray's on this one and he's talking about, you know, what he's doing as as an activist, there's going to be a lot of people that you would assume that would probably be like, "Uh, I might skip this one. Well, that's kind of a test. No, that's crazy. That's kind of a test to follow up on what you're saying. If you want to be someone who claims to be someone that wants to help and change the the, the way, listen and understand what they're talking about in that pod. Because I thought it was a a great listen with great numbers that really explain the policing issues and, and what it comes from in the United States and even gave solutions on how to fix it. So... Check that out for sure if you're a sports fan and, you know, you're using Bill Simmons as the avenue to get you into something like that. It's a really good listen. Check out that pod. It's even on YouTube. So you can watch it if you rather watch the video than listen to the pod. I I don't know how if you're a person who enjoys Bill Simmons podcast and with everything going on and you saw that, oh, D-Ray McKesson's on and you were like, "Mm, I'll catch the next one. It's like, man, I don't know. Like no, I I hear you, D-Ray but I'm saying there's there's a nice test if you're gonna catch yourself and yeah. and you're saying hey, am I really supporting this or am I just here to post the Instagram likes? There's a good test. Yeah. Listen yeah. and understand. And he he also um, brings up the uh, what is it the uh, eight can't wait, which is yes, yeah, really good. So definitely listen to that if you haven't. All those people. Are, yeah. Here I am on a podcast telling you listen to another podcast. But hey, man, sometimes it's it's bigger than that, right? That's sometimes right. it's bigger and it's, it's necessary listening. So nothing nothing wrong with that, of course, my dude. Um, but maybe this is the weirdest of the okay. <laughs> possible ways to get home court advantage. Hit me. But here it is, Webby. An off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seeding 1 to 16, receive first choice on picking which hotel they will stay at in the (laughs) ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex and Disney World Resorts. ESPN is owned by Walt Disney Company. Just for, you know, full disclosure. But what do you think of that? (laughs) Getting to pick what hotel you stay at. So it's like... (laughs) I four seasons if you're a one seed and like red roof in if you're the wizards or the spurs i i do like here's that. my question are we gonna pretend as if lebron's just not picking the best hotel anyways yeah right <laughs> no, no. Reminds, let's be serious what it reminds me of is like where was it where it was like 
oh yeah, we found out where the other team is, what hotel the other team is staying in. So we're gonna go and like pull the fire alarm at that <laughs> hotel. Just awesome. <laughs> I mean, as as ridiculous as an idea as that is, I would love to watch the process of the selection and a breakdown of the hotel's amenities. I know. I need to, I need to know who's got the best gym. <laughs> like, I would watch that. No? Oh, I would definitely watch that can, show. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's like it, we were going to do the World Cup draw, but the, the hotel draw would be even better. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I, I'm glad that we're smiling to wrap up this pod, Webby, because obviously it was a tough one with tough conversations. But of course, we try to give you that that blend of jokes, laughter and real talk, of course. And, you know, as we're happy to be here to, to talk about the NBA and talk about the NBA coming back, but we're also happy to be able to use the platform to have some real conversations as well, Webby. So again, man, thank you for in, indulging with me and, and taking the time with me to talk about both things, you know, and obviously one was way more important than the other, but in terms of the context and at some point needing kind of uh, a release valve or maybe a moment of clarity away from some of the tough stuff that's going on, maybe the other side of the conversation was needed as well, my dude. Yeah, so appreciate you for that. And if the people want to hit you up, man, tell them where, where they can hit you up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, Shelly. I always, this is always a big highlight of my week and uh, whether it's serious conversations or the fun stuff, it's just awesome. So I just love it. And we'll just keep giving you the real deal, man, every week, you know, that's what we yeah, do. So sure. uh, if you want to hit me up and please do like, please hit me up anybody, uh, anytime, it's the same on Twitter and Instagram at a Webster 84 holler to boy. Yes, sir. And of course, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And thank you guys for listening because you can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, thank you for everyone liking and subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, all those places continue to like and subscribe and if you listen to this podcast and you you like the conversation that we had in the beginning or you think it might be beneficial for you to share with someone else do that and i'm I, and i'm i mean that with all the sincerity right we want to spread and, and kind of show people and and lead by example by having a difficult conversation so if this is something you think that can help maybe someone else because it helped you or made you have the conversation a lot easier just want to say shouts to that and and really appreciate that and let me know right because one of the things was i'm not nervous about how people react to us talking about serious things because i feel like we're always going to talk about what we want to talk about that's something that's super important to me but for sure let me know your feelings I'm, I'm here for the good and the bad and everything in between so let us know i don't take that lightly as all at all so when i say hit us up in, in the comments we really mean it and you know if you regular listeners know how i usually wrap up the podcast and some people might think that it's a cliche as a meek mill bars but the reason why i say it is because it's the realest shit ever i really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the on blast podcast as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya Peace.